0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org.
1: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Apram and I hope you enjoy this episode. Pasuk says vinimras tuata the land that you're given we plant and of course we reap At <laughs> reap we actually bring in what it is that we've planted that is the, the 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 essential acts of planting it the land does its magic allows things to grow and then we bring in the tua. The next passage says, however, we do that for six years. V'ashvizt tishmetena. Shamot. Shamot means
2: we actually leave it alone. ( Authority) Tishmetena ( destroys) unitashta. We leave it. (웃음) Unitashta, also it's left. Tishmetena is almost
1: like it's cut away from us. Unitashta is sort of like we move away from it. It's sort of we lose control and we move away from it. And then what happens? And even though you were were working it and bringing it in, this year, the evionim, the evionim of the
2: am are the ones that will be eating it. and what's left over after they're finished eating it, so
1: that is the first description of Shaviyas, of what happens in the seventh year when you're in Eretz Yisrael. Obviously, you get the impression you're not supposed to do what was written in the Pesach before. The Pesach before describes
2: Asifa, which doesn't happen in the seventh year, but also, it also describes
1: Zriah, which doesn't happen in the seventh year. But there's more. It's more than just the absence of Zriah and the absence of Asifa. There's also Tishmetena, Unitashta. Not 100% clear what this means. What's not so unclear is this, Evyonei Amecha. Whatever it is, all the poor people can eat it.
2: Now, Rashi says on this Pasek, you can see Rashi, Tishmetena me'avoda. All right. Vinitashta <tish mitena>
1: me'chivat achar had So Tishmetena means you drop it. Don't do any work in your field. Nothing. And what does Nitashta mean? Tashta means you, you, you stay away from it, even from eating it. Even the finished product cannot be eaten. So there's something called the Zman Habir. Now that happens the year actually, that happens actually later. It happens, what does Beir Perishviyas mean? Uh, it means that, uh, and we'll explain it a little bit more, But it means that there's a time that even though, of course, you're allowed to eat the peiros, even the owner can eat it, but he cannot eat it past a certain time. What time is that? That's the time that it's no longer growing wild. So you're allowed to gather stuff. You're allowed to put it in some sort of um, area where it will be kept um, in a decent shape that it won't rot. But you can only eat it Each food is dependent on when, where it's growing wild. Is it still extant and growing wild? After it's no longer growing wild, it could be a couple of months. You can no longer eat that food. So there is a mitzvah. say, according to Rashi, not to eat peyrosvius. All right. Rashi then says, "Davar acher tishmetena." Me'avoda gemurah kagon ch'erush Vizerua. Tishmetena is primal. Don't be in your field. It's like you're not connected. You're not doing the primal work. Unitashta is really repeating the same idea, but talking about more minor work. For example, putting fertilizer in which I guess means to like go around and get rid of bugs or other things or to separate when 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 plants are getting into together. So you're going around and, and sort of like shaking things up and, and making sure that things are growing properly. So there's the essential acts and there's the acts that are ancillary and help things grow. So the Pusik is telling you that the person who's during shvius needs to be shamut from primal acts and also notush from non-primal acts. Um, that's where the way Rashi says the Pasek means. Okay. The Ramban, who is our star,
2: obviously, the Ramban says, Tishmaten He quotes Rashi. And of course, he refers to Rashi as Rabbeinu Shlomo. Ve'enenu The Ramban is the only
1: person who can get away with this, by the way. <laughs> Some other people can as well. But Rabbeinu, you know, he calls him Rabbeinu, right? Doesn't say Rabbeinu Shlomo, our teacher. He's, he's my teacher and yours. But he's wrong. He's wrong. Why? It's, this is not correct. Kivo hisarnu minat Torah of There is the whole Isra minat Torah of Shvius. The rabbis went wild in Shvius. They added us many many halachot. But the only ones that are ushered from the Torah is Charisha v'zriya. Avol ba mezavel. When it comes to kishkush. And even though fertilizer is very important, get that fertilizer there. That that stuff is going to grow if you fertilize it. Even nichush, where you're pruning it, the oder, the koseach, all the things that every normal farmer knows how to do. Ripping out weeds uh, and other things like that and smoothing things out and getting rid of bugs. Koshara vodaskarka, karka. Eino oser menatora. And the Ramban says, that's what it says in the Gemara. Okay? That is the Mesechtes moed katan in the first perak. Charisha All of these things are only rabbinical. So right away we have the Ramban not telling you that you can do everything on Shvi'is, but the Ramban clearly holds that it's only the two primal malachos are what the Torah made us are. The rabbis added,
2: meaning, let's say what the difference would be. Let's say something was growing on its own. How did it grow on its own?
1: Because the seeds were dropped by a bird or the seeds fell from the tree. Minatora, you would be allowed to, to tend those uh, uh, plants that were growing. You'd be allowed to really work in the field. You'd be allowed to go out there and make sure they grew properly. The only thing the Torah made Osir was Harisha and zriya. It's very interesting because obviously these other things are minat are, are us, Minatora, on Shabbat, you can't do them. But on Shaviyas is not like Shabbat. Shavious, it's only the primal, which means what um, the the um, the primal malachot of getting the land in a state where you can put seeds in. The Ramban added everything else. The next thing the Ramban says is that I don't deny that Rashi
2: found the pasuk for this, but it's an asmachta. In other words, he believes that Rashi
1: is, has, has been um, negligent in his job. Rashi is a partian on the mikra. Rashi doesn't have a right to fool his readers into thinking that he's explaining the pshat and the pusik when what's going on here is only an asmachta.
0: Rabbi Kimilevich. Yes if he's going to say that then it seems to me what he has to do is i'm not certainly not saying the ramban is wrong either but he has to explain what is being added yes, um uh, yes. by tish uh, tishmatena that's right uh, he has to explain that because what rashi has done is basically said okay and now i'm telling you what these two words are at the beginning uh, in relation to the other stuff that's being mentioned so what does he think what is the ramban thinking no,
1: bob you're correct rashi inserted these laws here to help a reader understand what these how what this sentence means and how these terms aren't just repetitive you're correct however the ramban feels that to do that with rabbinics with a rabbinic interpretation which is not pshat, is is incorrect so you're right so so what do you say ramban what are you going to say well we're going to get to what he says in a minute there is beer but and we'll see what the ramban thinks beer is actually the ramban does not believe the, there's an Isra of beer minah torah either he actually believes it's also rabbinical so that's the ramban's opinion in parsha's bahar This, what I just said, that it's ussert to eat peroshviyas after the animals aren't eating it. The Ramban says that is also a rabbinical uh, uh, decree. It wasn't something from the Torah. But here he says that if Rashi found this in the chazal, it's incorrect. (laughs) In other words, the chazal that that we base beer on is not from this posse. So what do we do then? So the Raman says, "I'm going to go with Ebenezer here, right? He's going to go with Ebenezer." Rab Avram Omar, right? Not Rabenu, but Rab Avram. <laughs> Rab Avram is Tishmeteno ishamot kol ba'ma sheyado, meaning Tishmiteno is a remez to what it says in Sefer Dvarim that you cannot get alone. So it's a remes. Tishmetena means, whoop, I don't have control anymore. And it will be explained later in for Dvarim, what you don't have control. Meaning that if you lent money to someone, the seventh year can obviate loan. You lose control over many things, but specifically this.
2: That's what Ebenezer says. Vinitashta means shalotizras arzacham. So that's the Ebenezer's answer.
1: The Ebenezer's answer is Nitashta means get away from your land, don't work it. "Tishmetena" means
2: don't, d- don't collect debts. Nitashta means don't work the land. Ve'enoklum. The Ramban says he does. Da- okay, so.
1: We talked about his relationship to both of them. Take a look at the difference. <laughs> Rashi might be correct from a rabbinic standpoint that these are the, these are asmachtas uh, for this halacha, but it's incorrect
2: to explain the Pusuk this way. Eben Ezra is just totally wrong. <laughs> it's like zero. Ainu <laughs> klum.
1: Yud a cos of Dovak is connected to Pasek Yud. Tizra. What does Tizra mean, of course? Plant and gather. Vashmias, means don't do Zria, because it's like you're not bending down and putting seeds in. Netashta means that you stay away from it even if anything grows tishmitena <inaudible> is the is the original uh, you're not out in the field doing stuff and natasha means that even though there's stuff that's growing you're not out there with your usual pickers you're not out there with your usual 100 um, uh, um, you know migrant workers with their with their special uh, baskets and their special, uh, con- their special containers and their special utensils and gathering. You're not doing it. So that's what Tishmatenu and it's, it's it's connected to the previous verse. Tizra and Asafta, what's the opposite of Tizra? The opposite of Tizra is Tishmatenu. You stay away from that. field. Don't you start putting stuff in there. And natashta means, even though you might want to go there, oh, stuff grew. How did stuff grow? Well, stuff grew from from the seeds that were there from before. Stay away from
2: that. That's what Nitashta means. Um, And if you
1: leave it alone, then the Evyonim will eat it. Okay. So,
2: and he brings a proof that Natashta means that from a Pusik in Nachemia, where it says that when we talk about what happened during the Shemitah year, will be Vinitosh Esashonahashvias. Vinitosh
1: he assumes means that you're going to just stay away from
2: the benefits of that year all right that is the Ramban now that's one Ramban
1: I want to point out the Ramban doesn't say much about of other than it's the result of you not gathering it normally means they're going to come in and get it Normally, we give out. Le- we you give leket shichulpeya. You give maestros You give maesoroni. On shvius, you never gather the stuff normally and then parcel it out. What happens is, everybody else can come in, nor- can get it. You can also go and get it, but um, not in your normal way. And therefore, the avyonim are the ones who are going to have the schus. So that is the one pasuk of part of, of shvius. Okay, let's take a look at another Pasik, another
2: chapter of Shrius. And this, of course, is the more famous one. And that, of course, is Vayikra 25, I believe. Here in Vayikra, it isn't just saying
1: don't work the sixth year. It now becomes Shabbos LadoNai, Shabbos It's not just called a year not to work, to leave it alone, to leave the fields. It becomes God's Shabbos. Shei Shanim Tizra Sadecha. Here we have a new Malocha mentioned, Tizmor Karmecha. What the Ramban, right? right? Remember, the Ramban says it's only Zria and, 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 and Harisha. Here is Tizmor. is HaShviyas, Shabbos is, is, is more. It says Kar Mochalot Sizmor. So the Ramban will have to admit that Zemira is Osr. Even though we said before that Idur and Nisuch, but Zomer has to be Osr. It says so in the Torah. The only way you can explain this
2: is that for a a vineyard for a vine to be zomer is almost
1: as important as the original planting because if you don't attend to it consistently and cut away some of the uh, the grass material that's growing you're never going to get your grapes so you constantly have to be uh, on top of it cutting away little branches that will impede the proper growth of the crop
2: which is somehow different than weeding zomer seems to be like almost
1: like you're going into the kishkas of the vine here you have you can't do asifa svia etzirch halosik um you can't bring in stuff normally. Shabbos shnash shabbos in yiloritz.
2: The hoy Now it's your Shabbos as well. What does that mean? La You're going to be able to use. You're going to be able to eat. La chol abadech
1: with schircha the Ramban says in, uh, in Parshas Bahar, we're now telling you, but you can still get it. It's going to be everyone will be able to live off of what grows in the sixth year and whatever
2: is also available in the seventh year. Okay
1: you'll all be able to live from it, even though you're not planting or, or doing much.
2: You're all going to be able to survive. So, that is why the Torah says, uva <laughs> ba'artzecha. So, this is where Rashi
1: gives you his source for the idea of Biur. Just want to read it with you together. Why are we mentioning the Chaya? Your animals, I understand. Your animals, I understand, should have a right um, to eat what they usually eat, that you plant for them. Why do you have to mention the wild animals? So Rashi says, Obviously, if the chai is eating it, for sure, your animal, you're allowed to feed your animal. You need to. Why do we mention chai and behemah? If they're still growing wild, you're allowed to give it to your behema. What you have gathered in your cows and you still have in a semi-storage type of situation. But if it's gone from the chaya, then at this point it's also gone from your behema. You cannot feed your
2: animal, and you can't feed yourself either. This is this, this is called the Zman Habir. Um the Ramban in Khumish says He quotes Rashi. As Rashi is based on the Torah of
1: Kohanim. The Rav, Rashi doesn't explain what you're supposed to do with it.
2: And what you're supposed to do is basically get them out of your house and make them
1: hefker. That's what it means, biur shvius, destruction. Ainai inyan shupeiros achaz and That doesn't mean you can't eat them. Rashi said differently. Rashi says that you can't eat them after the zman abir. Ramban disagrees. There is something called biur. I agree. Doesn't mean that you have to destroy them. It's never mentioned as something that you have to get burned, or, right? All you have to do is say, I no longer own them, anybody can take them, and in fact, the Mishnah says, Aniyam are allowed to eat even after the Zman That's what Rabbi says, Rabbi says,
2: Rabbi says, even an usher can go back and eat it. <laughs> even the guy who owned it can go back and eat the stuff that he made Hefker. As Ramban says, Ashirim bali saros atzman. They
1: could go back to their own fields after they made it Hefker. So why did Rabbi say they can't eat it? It's only mita The halachas are like kabiosi, minatorah, there is a mitzvah to get rid of this stuff. I agree. There is something called beer. I'm not de- denying that. But beer does not mean you can't eat it. Beer just means you need to now declare the stuff hefker, which means you don't declare your, your field hefker beforehand. According to the Ramban, there's no mitzvah to be mafker your field on, on, on shvi'as. There's a mitzvah after, if you have stuff left over after whatever the time of this is, there's a mitzvah to call that land, to, to, to put, take those payers out of the house and say, okay, anybody who wants can eat this.
2: That is what the halacha is of beer. Then he quotes the Tosefta. As he
1: says here, Lamanu mafurish beer shvius only means Levira
2: peiros Meshuso Aftiro. and there were takanas how it was supposed to be done. Then the ramban mentions something called ozer bezdin, that if you uh, if you take your payros and you give them away to bezdin. They don't have to be they don't need beer after that. And Besdin can now give them to anyone. Now Okay, then he quotes Rashi and Psochem, and and the Rambam.
1: Here's where Ramban versus Rambam the first one. The Rambam and many others say that after a certain calendar date, let's say for um, cucumbers or for uh, wild strawberries, that after that calendar date that we know it's not being eaten, it's Osir to have that strawberry.
2: And you have to burn it. But they are wrong. It's true you can't keep them in your house, but if you take it out of your house and you make it hefker, you can bring it back in.
1: Then he says something that I referred to before. The Maybe there is no such thing as Beor from the Torah. Maybe Beor is just something the rabbis created. And the Ramban
2: feels that that might be actually true. It's a good thing, Beor. Now, That is one attack the Ramban has.
1: He does, again, he, he's a minimalist when it comes to Shvius. He agrees that the rabbis have complicated things, but he is a basic, a minimalist in terms of what Shvius is. So that's one aspect of the Ramban
2: in terms of Shemitah. The other part I want to share with you is. We know the Ramban's work on the Rambam. He critics he
1: he he, like the Rambam, he believes that there are six hundred and thirteen mitzvot. He wonders if that's true or not, but eventually he throws in with the Rambam and the others. However, his uh, numbering is different than the Rambam's. There are things which he believes aren't the mitzvah, and therefore he. Inserts his own version, his own mitzvot. Mitzvah Gimel is a mitzvah that he feels that the Rambam has not mentioned. What is that? Remember what we saw? The pshat was according to the Ramban. The pshat was you might think it's all God and maybe it's not going to be enough and maybe you have no right to eat it. No, no. God's going to take care of you. That's what it means. That's Pshat and passage. But the Ramban here says there's a mitzvah. What mitzvah is that? Based on the drash, meaning you, these peros have a special Kedusha that you're not allowed to gather them and have enough and, and sell them to somebody, and to use them as a commodity. They are meant to be used as nutrition, enjoyable nutrition, enjoyable, exciting, great food, but they aren't meant to be used as a commodity based on their value.
2: And that, he says, is a mitzvah from the Torah. It
1: says, you can't pay up a debt with payroshevias. In other words, you owe money and you give someone payros to pay that debt. You have treated the payros as if they are a commodity, as opposed to something that you're just supposed to enjoy eating. Now, up until this point, what is he? What does he mean? What mitzvah is there? What is the mitzvah the Ramban is talking about? Now, it sounds like the mitzvah is not to treat it as a commodity, which is the mitzvah is not to do business with it. There's a mitzvah say, not to do business, meaning have it as your enjoyable eating item, whatever it is, whether it's fruit, vegetables, whatever it is, but not to be seen, even though you're a farmer and you have a lot of it. And whatever the case may be, you, you, happen to have, you happen to have a lot of it or you're an honey and have a lot of it. You're just a very efficient uh, poor guy who's gathered a lot of it from a bunch of different places. You cannot treat this stuff as a commodity. How do you show you're treating it as a commodity when you sell it and you make business with it? All right, let's go to the next page, the next words of the Ramban. The Khain Vim Komos Rabim in Atalmud. Boa Loshanazeh. It says, La Ochla, Velovaskora. The nichfa zuamitzvah
2: Baumru Yasala. That was the we started today. The Ochlu of Yone Amcha. Remember? That was the Pasik. Now the Ramban said nothing in Chumash about this. The Ochlu
1: means they should be eating it. Shal Omar. In other words, you could have said, "Look, don't gather it. Let everybody come and get it." Just like it's by leket. If you forget it, if all right, if, if you are if you are uh, um, cutting the the, um, uh, the grains, and it turns out that some of the uh, some of the sheaves naturally fall to the wayside. That's called leket. Don't get down on your knees and pick it up. You have to let it stay for the ani. You you make a sheaf and you bind it, and you put ten on the truck, and number eleven is left on the field. Don't go back and get it. That's shikha. That's leket, and shikha. What is leket and shikha? Leave it. You have no. You, you have to let the
2: Oni at first cracks at it. But it doesn't say they have to eat it. Here, it says they need to eat it.
1: It always mentions the aniyam eating it. It doesn't say leave it for the aniyam. By leket, it doesn't say, and let the oni eat the leket. The main thing is you can't control it. You, it's, it's almost like you steal from them if you take it. It's gezel aniyam. Once it's called leket or shikla or peah. Then you're a goslin, it belongs to all the name of the world. But here, the Torah is saying, you need to allow them to come and eat, which is different than just leaving it for them. What does the Ramban want with this? Now, that sounds like we have to do our utmost to make this a non-commodity and to make sure people are eating Peiroshmias. There's a mitzvah, seemingly, to eat. We want peroshvius to be eaten as an enjoyable food that's necessary to just get through this year. And the eating is itself a mitzvah.
0: Rabbi Tivalevich, is he saying that you're supposed to like police the avionim, that they, they shouldn't be taking it themselves to make a commodity out of Wow What does he mean by that?
1: Well, you hope that's what they're going to do. Now, if they do it, then I guess they've done an Isser, right? They've done an Isser of, hey, honey, ahlu you're supposed to be eating it. His wife is going to give him musar Bob, when she comes home. Why are you putting all that stuff in there? Well, you know what? I, I can sell this down the street. The guys who weren't so, uh, they weren't so, uh, they, they weren't so czarist as me. They weren't as, as, as uh, they didn't go with such alacrity as I did and get the stuff. I, I, I can I can sell him for a dime, or no, you can't do that.
0: So you know, does that mean that if an ani with leket and Shikka uh, that that he could right
1: a, 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 leket and shikha he could do schorah with right he would have a right to do schorah with leket and shikha. it's his if he wants to right, he, right. but you but 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 but, but perish as you can't it has to be eaten Schorah is the opposite seemingly now it's interesting why that's the case. Because schorah, in many ways, is meant to be bought, to be eaten, right? In other words, the the other ani is going to eat it. He just wasn't as quick as you on the draw. So you're selling it to him. For him to eat it doesn't make a difference that money, that, uh, that a guy made a little dollars on it. How does the schorah, the schorah really doesn't necessarily stop it from being eaten. Now, you could say that it does, because people if it 's schora, everybody's going to hoard it till it becomes till it becomes uh, ra- becomes more rare and people want it when the demand becomes higher because that 's really the way chora works as you know right the way schora works is that you don't you push away immediate gratification and you wait till it 's worth more money later down the road so it's all a right other Right, that's what schorah is, right? Right? In Yiddish, that's what we refer to as being involved in schorah, a handler. It means... Rabbi, Rabbi
3: Kiv Leavitt? Yes. So, okay, so you don't, want to, you don't want to take it to shuk and sell it, but let's say there are two aniyam. One of them has got an excess of strawberries and others got an excess of, of peaches. And he says, you know what? I'll trade you some of my strawberries for the peaches that you have. So they'll they'll eat it, but they're they're doing some trading on the side. Is that also score? That's a good
1: question. If a person switches, all right, all right, it's right, is that called schayra? Uh I don't know. That might be an of too, because basically what they do when you what Jack is saying is instead of coming into a currency, every barter before currency, everything was barter, right? Before currency, everything was a barter. You have more of something; he has, he needs that, and that was in, 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 instead of currency. That's what people used. Now, when, so I would say, Jack, that that counts as chora. Yes, it does. I think so. Does that, I think, is chora? Now, and he says, "V'hinei ha'osah chora be'hem, over Basay. And the Rambam doesn't count this as an Asay. And this is a complaint against the Rambam. Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he count this as an Asay? Okay, so what is the Asay, really, is what we're trying to figure out. So, um, as you know, and I've mentioned this, that there was one of the last of the Rishonim, the Rashbats, who was a, uh, a person who left Spain. We talked. We started today speaking about people who had to leave their country and start over. The Rashbat left Spain and came to Algeria, and 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 he knew um, he came from Christian Spain, and he taught himself Arabic, and he spoke Arabic very well. Eventually, and he became a dayan in Algiers. And he wrote a sefer about the mitzvos, And I'm going to read to you what he says here about this. The Rashbats. 15th, er,
2: mid-15th century.
1: Uh, or early part of the 15th century. He was part of the expulsion, the first expulsion from Spain in 1397. Many of his truvis are from the early 1400s. Here is his sefer on the on the sefer of mitzvos. Look what he says here. The Ramban added a
2: mitzvah, which others don't have. That's eating the peros, as we say. Remember the Ramban quoted the pasuk in Parshas Mishpatim.
1: If you look in the Ramban, the Ramban doesn't say what the the Rashbat paraphrases the Ramban, but he adds these words. Let's see it together. The Torah repeats this mitzvah in Parshas Mishpatim, where it says amcha." Klomar. This is added by the Rashbats. Mitzvim heim le'echo peros elu. There's a mitzvah to eat it. They, they are commanded to eat the peros. To either you'll eat them or the aniyim will eat them. Not just to say, oh, anybody, I don't know what you want to do with it. The nimza So these extra words and as Bob says, it sounds like the Aniyim have the mitzvah, and you have the mitzvah to encourage them. And it sounds like everybody has that mitzvah of eating them. It almost seems like you fulfill a mitzvah by eating. Again, you see, what's the most people say, what's the only thing you have to eat that you fulfill a mitzvah in? Matzah, right? And uh, eating Erev Kippur now we have a third thing eating Peyroshmias now you might also fulfill a mitzvah in eating the Karman Pesach that's also a mitzvah what else eating it's eating Shruma it might be a mitzvah for a Kohen but now we have another mitzvah called eating Peyroshmias which everybody can do How about Masir Shaini Eating maizersheini in Yerushalayim, yes, that would be a, a, a kiam of a mitzvah. Of course, if you're not in Yerushalayim, you you don't have to go. But you when you when you go there with your right, um, is 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 everything you eat a mitzvah though? That's I'm not sure. I know that you have to eat it in Yerushalayim Do you fulfill a mitzvah. I guess you would make a brocha. Would you make a bracha? I guess so. Is there a bracha? Is there a This is uh, now the Rashbat brings a proof to the Rambam. The Ramban, I found the proof to the Ramban. Okay, so I'd like to do a little bit of this proof that the Rashbats brings. So in order to do this, I'm going to show you the Gemara in Yuma that the
2: Rashbats believes is a proof to the Ramban. It's a beautiful Gemara and it's part of the reason I wanted to learn it. The Gemara says that
1: Moshe de Moshe David we find Moshe and David both did have a wrote. Moshe of course did not just speak to the rock and David sinned with Bathsheba sinned with Uri sending Uriachiti to die but also his lust for Bathsheba and taking her uh while technically she either was married or Appeared to be married. These two men, what is this similar to? You
2: can compare them to two women. Let me let me start it before that. Ravyanai said Toivim Moshe Vadovid. Moshe were both great men. They're both two of the greatest. We needed them both. Moshe Omar, yikasev surchani. Moshe said, I want what I, my Avera,
1: to be written down. What I did wrong, let it be written. Now this is funny, because Moshe didn't seem to have a choice as to what God would want him to write in the Torah. So, this Rabbianai is interesting. Rabbianai seems to think Moshe was sort of a partner in what gets written in the Torah. But, Yan be lakti David said, Al surachani. David did not want it to be so open. Now, of course, anybody that reads, say, for Shmuel can see it. But where is it not written? Well, I guess in Tehillim, you know, he doesn't say it openly. In fact, in Tehillim it says, Ashrei Nesui Pesha Kisochato, you're supposed to cover up your sin. So now Rabbi Yane gave the motion. The motion was like two women. Both of them are coming to Bezden to get Makos.
2: What did one do? One was Kilkala. She ran around with another man. She had illicit
1: sexual relations. V'achas shvius. One ate perot Shvias
2: that were not yet ripe. One ate a grape that wasn't yet mature. Some sort of immature fruit of Shvias. She ate it. And she was getting beaten and besed for that.
1: She said, look, I see who my cellmate is here. I see that we're both going to get Makos for what we did. Okay? Look, there's a bunch of people, everybody's seeing we're both getting Makos. I can't stop that. And again, I don't know what which people we would let view getting, maybe we were a little bit more modest in terms of watching women getting beaten. I don't know. But the point is, was that she said she told the dayanim, michem, Hodio almahi loka." I want you to please tell everybody why I'm getting makos. almasha zuloka zuloka, because everybody knows this one is dressed like a hooker, right? This one is dressed. They know why she's getting makos. Everybody can tell. They think I'm here with her. They think, I'm getting makkas too. They brought in two two women that were running around with men. So what did they do? They said, we're going to grant your wish, the Besnan said. Heviu viu v'talu So they took a bunch of, of, of unripe fruit, and they made a string of it as a necklace, and she wore it around their neck. V'yamachrizen And they said, this woman, you see that stuff around her neck? That's the stuff she was eating from. It's Shviya stuff. And she ate it when it was unripe. And this way, they, when they gave her Makos, they gave her Makos so people would know what it was for. So that is Rabiana's Moshe. So the Rashpatz is wondering here. Okay, I understand you can maybe get Makos for Znus. Maybe for you're kares, and they didn't give you the right asra. Why are you getting makos for eating perishviyas? You're getting makos, it says. You're getting beaten and besed for eating perishviyas that are raw, that are not ripe. What could that be?
2: So the Rashbat says that, oh, it must be. That's what
1: the Ramban means. The Ramban, it's a proof to the Raman. Because if you if you didn't wait till it was ripe, and you ate it when it was unripe, that's not that's misusing of the peros. You're supposed to eat them. You're supposed to wait till they become beautiful peros and eat them like that. If you eat them when they're when they're in a raw state, you have been mavato for the asay of achilas perishvias. The ze so what did you do with them? It's not called eating. It's like destroying them. It's like doing business with them, or worse. Now, this is very strange because you don't get a, you don't get makos for an assay. The Rashbats was a tremendous posake and a, a going, right? He was one of the one of the stars of the of, of the fifteenth century. So it, it's, it's a very, the piece needs to be understood, but you see it's, a, it's, he says it must be that there's a law from the Torah that's built on this assay of eating perishviyas properly.
3: And Rabbi Kivalevitz, can I give an ethical uh, interpretation of this? Go ahead. Which is that she was sort of being a chazer she was so anxious to make sure that she ate it and somebody else ate it, <laughs> that she ate it right away, even before it was ripe, so nobody else could get it. I see.
1: Um, I don't know if that's all, sir. I mean, you, 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 in other words, you have to eat like... In other words, even though it's being given to you, you're supposed to at least have their and let, get, let everybody get their portion. But if you're eating it right... Yeah. Um, so you're, you think... I hear what you're saying Jack I, I just it seems to me it was probably very sour and probably didn't give her much pleasure but you're saying sometimes when free stuff is, is given out you don't care that it doesn't you just don't want the other guy to get it
0: right. you know? exactly <laughs> yeah. uh, Rabbi Kibalevich yes. I want to add to Jack's explanation the following that if in fact the Bethian, uh, uh took these uh, non-right things and use them to show what she did wrong uh, then it seems to me that the bed in itself
1: you're right that's a great biology, question I, they should have let it grow what were they biology, doing how
0: did they have the right to do that
1: yeah. good point so I had an answer to that that maybe there was a bunch of the stuff that are, she'd already taken and that stuff had already they couldn't replant it or do anything with it but okay it, but it's but you're right Bob if if the if if the rashbats is right that 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 interrupting a fruit I, again it's i i think you know Kaim kanievsky basically says that he doesn't understand what this proof is because the iser would be to stop its growth not to eat it right it's not the eating that you would get the Makos for right it would be you're not letting this become something that could be but it's not still it seems that we could say
2: that this is a, um, now, um, I want to end tonight uh, with, um,
1: you know, it, it's, it's, it's always great when two men discover the same thing. And many would say these men were on opposite sides of things. And yet they both came up with the same source. And I'm speaking about Rav Kook
2: Zatzal and the Chazon Ish. Let me show you Rav Kook and the Chazon Ish.
1: One of the great rabbonim in Yerushalayim was Rabbi Yichil Michal Tukachinsky. Uh, he was a wonderful person, beloved by all different groups. He wrote a, a small, compact sefer called Sefer Hashmita. Talk about every line being full of ideas and you need to study it properly, but it's, it's still usable. It's, it, 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 it's very powerfully packed written, and, but it's, it's, it's about 70 pages, I think. And it gives you the whole overview of the controversy of selling of heter Mechira. It's called Sefer Hashmitah from Rabbi Achil Michal Now, when he talks about the
2: Kiddush of the Peros, Rav Yechiel Michel writes: They they aren't Peroshvi, as He says aren't like other types of holy items,
1: but yesham ponim shokedusha. They are sort of on almost holy. They have an aspect of holiness. But it's not like a korban. V'kinu and Chazal call them Kodosh kedushat shvius.
2: In fact, by Yovel it says Kodesh Tiyelachem, what comes out in the Yovel year. And we know
1: that is to tell you that if you sell the peiros the money has to be treated the same way Shviyas is. V'kidush in yonim Eila they should be eaten. Some say eating it is a mitzvah. And of course you cannot just destroy them, or to somehow use them in an unusual way. Also, I need to remember this needs to be remembered for people who have pets.
2: Asr Lenochri. You can't just give them to a non-Jew. Which sort of
1: sounds like the Ramban, right? (laughs) You can't just give it to a non-Jew to eat. If it is a a,
2: a, shvi'ez kugel that's definitely meant for people to eat, you can't give it to the dog as scraps.
1: Now, this is what Rav Yichil Michal wrote. He showed the manuscript to his good friend, the Chief Rav of Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael, Rav Avram Yitzchok Hakohen Cook. Rav Cook wrote a note onto the book, and this is what he says. He says, "It's a whole discussion whether there's a mitzvah to eat Peyrochrias. Look at the Ramban and the Megillah Esther, which I didn't do with you. A parish on the Sefer Mitzvahs." And he says, but the Yershalmi seems to be like the Ramban. Because the Yershalmi and the Tosefta say, ein mechaiv in pasha ipsha. Hmm. It says that if you have a bread that's starting to go bad, the Yershalmi and the Tosefta say, we don't, we're not Machayev, the owner, the Balabas or the oni, to eat that bread when it's going stale. What does that mean? It sounds that normally you would be machayev. Once it's already not considered normal eating food because it's spoiled to the point that most people won't eat it, we don't force you to eat it. But Rav Kook says it sounds from the Russian of the Yershalmi and the Tosefta that there would be a chiyuv had it would it be in a state of normal eat uh, a normal uh, edible state nira umnam. it appears Rav Kook says that if you could be eaten you would actually force the person to eat it and say no come on eat it it's a mitzvah you eat it it could be that this is actually even though it's your Yershalmi, it's sometimes terminology is used because the Yershami wants to connect truma to Shvius, and it uses terminology which is true for truma, where we, in a sense, is sort of a mitzvah to eat truma, more than it would be to eat Shvius. And for truma, it makes sense to say, we don't make the Kohen eat the bread that has started to spoil. Visham mitzvah v'adoyas. For truma, it definitely is a mitzvah, Rav cook says, for a Kohen to eat truma, because it's similar to the Avod and the Beis when you eat a carbon. So, when the Kohen eats the Truma in his house, it's similar to eating uh, a carbon. And therefore, because for Truma it makes sense, when they were comparing Truma to Shvius, the Yershalmi and the Tosefta inadvertently used language that was not correct. Sometimes in teaching, we overstate things and we aren't so exact. And we, we have to be mochel chazal for doing that because they were trying to make a comparison and they sort of downloaded language that was not necessarily correct. But, uh, but if, if it was only here, and this was the only place we had such terminology, you would have a proof to the idea that seems to be in the Ramban, that there's a mitzvah that you in when you eat pay but reshvius, but Rav Kook says, I'm not sure if it's a proof really it's only agav, he says shruva. You make a brocha on the Rambam doesn't say you make a brocha on shviyas. agav And since the term some of aluchos are similar, we say derach agav. The language downloads into shviyas even though it's inexact. And this is the Rav Kook didn't make this up. We find this in the Talmud in many places where we we say that terminology inexact terminology was used because of what we were trying to affect in our teaching. He says, if but if there is a mitzvah, and there might be, you would say,
2: if a person has Peroshvius, he can and, and, and he cannot fast
1: today. You can't decide, I'm fasting. Why are you fasting? I don't know, I want to do tshuva. No. You could be eating perishviyas today. You got perishviyas. If a person happens to have them in his house, and you hold like the Ramban, that there's a mitzvah, so you can't, j- Yom Kippur, of course. God, God said Yom Kippur, here, here. But let's say you decide, I'm fasting during Elul. tshuva no you can't why because you you could fulfill a mitzvah of eating parashviyas today and you're not so even well i i want to fast because i I want to feel from okay not on the cheshpen of a mitzvah you could eat parashviyas and if you're fasting today you're not eating parashviyas so that was rav cook's haora
3: rabbi rabbi it's a practical question does that apply for parish feeds that you actually buy rather than picked yourself? Either way. Whether you now again, how you
1: bought it is another question, right? They shouldn't have been sold in the first place. But however you bought it, whatever the heter was you bought, it is parish, views, and there's a mitzvah to eat it. So what are you frumer? You could be much more frum eating perishvius than fasting today. That's what Rav Kook says. Now, he quotes this Yerushalmi and and
2: I found today the Chazanish also quotes it, and let me show that to you. So here's the Chazanish. The Chazanish quotes the Yerushalmi, exactly like Rav Kook
1: does. Ain mechaivin oso lecho. he says, what do you mean? What do you mean, mechaivin? Ain chiv laol meecho perishviyos you can't say there's a chiev to eat perashviyas it's not like a carbon and a carbon shlom there's a mitzvah to eat it what it means is you can't say oh this is probably edible when it says it means we don't force you to err and treat it like oh I can eat this food you have a right to say, Oh uh, Dali, this is for
2: you and, and give it to the dog. Now venira, the Osir La Echel Pasha Ipsha the
1: Khosh of Hepsid. In fact, re, 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 the Khazanish goes
2: further. If you, if it is a uh, a a a, um, a
1: a piece of bread that has gone so stale that you can't, you can't that it's already rotten, then you can't put it in your mouth, then eating it would be the wrong thing to do because your animal could still eat it, and again the the assumption was cows and other big animals aren't going to get sick from eating it, but for you it's, it's it's like you're eating dirt, and for the animal it's a benefit. So for you to decide I'm gonna eat it would be a certain
2: for you to do. You would be ruining it. Kivan Now, I did see there was a commentary on the Ramban that said the Ramban says there's a mitzvah to eat it. But he says Whoever learns this Ramban this way is wrong. He says,
1: I know people learn the Ramban, that there is a mitzvah to eat. But that's not what the Ramban means, the Chazanish says. "Kavanas Ramban, the Iser schorahu, the Iser Schorah is the assay. When you do Schorah, when you do business with it, that's awesome. That the Ramban says. Doing business, treating it like a commodity is awesome. But there's no mitzvah in eating it. If the Ramban's trying to prove there is a mitzvah, why did the Ramban just quote the Isra's Chorah? Isra's Chorah doesn't prove anything. Chorah doesn't show you you're not eating it there is no mitzvah to eat you can't, it's impossible the Chazanish says and the Ramban could never have meant it to say, although the Rashvat seems to say that the Ram, the it's impossible the Chazanish says for the Ramban to have meant that there's a mitzvah because it isn't a mitzvah of eating it you can't call it a nasay. Therefore, the whole, if it's anything, all it is, is the iser of schorah. The, the iser of schorah, meaning treating it as, it's almost, as I would say better, it's a lav. It's treating it as a, a commodity. But it's there is no mitzvah be'etzim of shvias. So what I found interesting is that they, again, Ravkuk clearly feels that it's possible in the Ramban to say that. The Chazanish felt halachically it's impossible. He says it doesn't, it doesn't jive with him. It doesn't, the Ramban hasn't proved it. And it seems like the Pasuk of Achlu Aviyone Amecha doesn't seem to prove it either, according to the Chazanish. So that is, it seems, however, that Rav Kook was ready to accept in the Ramban that there's actually a positive mitzvah that a person can fulfill by eating peyri and and and, and is right. Don't eat something that's rotten, because <laughs> that's not called eating. But possibly the nafkamina would be, hmm, is this food? Right, <laughs> right, right. What do you do when it's it hasn't yet it hasn't yet turned bad? What should you do? According to the Chazanish, <laughs> there's no mitzvah anyway. Don't take a chance. O- according to the Rav Kook there's a mitzvah you want to fulfill that mitzvah. you want to grab that mitzvah and try to do it. might be it went bad a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit raw, a little bit stale, according to Khazanish, that would be ridiculous. The Khazanish feels that that what cook's understanding of it is 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 completely incorrect that there is it's not possible to even conceive of it being a mitzvah so